Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Andrew Boyd. We're going to get into the Word this morning. As a church, we've been reading Psalms. And there are some absolutely stunning Psalms. So I'm going to be focusing on Psalm 103 particularly. But not just that, also Psalm 100. So the theme this morning is how to turn a breakdown into a breakout. And my aim, what I feel God has put on my heart, is to stir us to trust that God's covenant faithfulness to us will never, ever fail. It's impossible for that to fail. And knowing that, we can transition, we can change from being overwhelmed to being an overcomer. So that's the theme this morning. You up for that? Okay, well, let's stand up, please, because we're going to worship to start with. We're going to play a song. Some of you may know it, some of you may not, but the lyrics are with it. Sing along, hum, join in, but just get the sense of this. Well, it was good, wasn't it? Please sit down. Just love the arrangement. We need a brass section up here and a licking sax. We need all of that stuff. I just love it. Great stuff. Okay. Now, there are some psalms which really lift you. And there are some psalms which are so painfully honest that you think, wow, they just speak right to the human condition. But there is something that they all have in common, which is the way the psalmist turns his cry to God into a cry of praise. And I'm going to start off with one of those psalms. I'm going to start off with Psalm 102. Now, you know what you're going to get when it says ahead of the psalm that it is a prayer of the afflicted. (laughs) This is when he is overwhelmed and pours out his complaint to God. Do you know that's okay? Do you know that's okay? You don't want to stay there, but it's okay to start there. So let's just have a look at a little bit of that. Psalm 102. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me in the day when I call, answer me quickly. For my days have vanished in smoke and my bones have been scorched like a hearth. Whoa. Listen to how it ends. This man, we don't know who wrote this. This man who's scorched like a hearth, whose days have vanished ends his psalm like this. The children of your servants will continue and their descendants will be established before you. Lord, you will rescue my life. You will rescue the life of my children. You will rescue the lives of my children's children and you will establish them in your paths of righteousness. Why? Because you're faithful. You're faithful. And you will do it. God breaks in. God breaks through. And God breaks out. How? Because the psalmist breaks in. He breaks through. He breaks out. Or if you want to put it another way, a bit more New Testament, he presses in to the things of God. He presses through the things of God. And he breaks out. God has called us to be a breakout people because he is a breakout God. And he will break out whatever your situation, 
Whatever your situation, the Psalms show you how to break out, to press in, to press through, and to break out. And Psalm 100 and Psalm 103 show you how. So let's just read out Psalm 100. Completely different position, this psalmist. This is just joy. This is not a prayer of affliction. It's just joy. It says at the beginning in my book here, it says it's for giving thanks. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It's he who made us. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. God is good. I love the picture on that song of the big hand holding the little baby's thumb. God is faithful. This speaks of outer courts and it speaks of inner courts. It's a picture of the temple. Huge temple. Who's been to Jerusalem and seen just the, just the foundation of it? That's all that's left now. It's just, it's just the slab. It's vast. And what was on top of that was much, much bigger. And you got into it. You approach this temple. You can't miss it. It's vast. And you get into it through a gate. So the gates are there for those who want to get in to the temple. And you go in through a gate, and through that gate you enter the outer court. It's big, really big. And then you go in, and Norton Viv, you're going to go and see this soon, aren't you? And you go in, and there is an inner court. Now, you could spend all your time in the outer court because it's huge. Lots of people there to talk to, lots of things going on. You could spend all your time in there, but you can press in to the inner court. And I tell you what, because of Jesus tearing the veil of the temple in two, 60 feet high, 30 foot wide, between one and four inches thick, when he died, he ripped it from top to bottom. You can press in to the holy of holies now. And what does the Lord say to you? He says, enter. He doesn't say keep your distance. He says, come, come, come and enter. How do we do it? The clue's there. Thanksgiving. First of all, you come. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Then come. Next thing is you get in, you draw close with thanksgiving. Now remember that psalm of affliction. How do you get away from a place of affliction? The first thing you need to do is get your eyes off yourself and off your circumstances. You look at yourself, you look at your circumstances, you will get depressed. You will be afflicted. So that's the first thing you do is get your eye off yourself. How do we do that spiritually? Give thanks. What happens when we give thanks? We bring God into the picture. Our eyes are raised to him. We welcome him into the picture. We say, Lord, you've done so much for me. Thank you, Lord, that I can breathe. Thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my lovely wife. Thank you for my family. Whatever, there's so much we can give thanks for. 
bear with me. I'm gonna, just going to provoke you a bit here. That is still fundamentally selfish. Why? Because it's about what you've done for me. Okay? So it's a step. It's not the journey. You've not finished. It's a step. Thanksgiving is great, but don't end there. Because what you've done is you've gone into the outer court. Great you're in. You're welcome. Come in. Enter. How do you get in? Just give thanks. Get your eyes off yourself. Get your eyes onto him. You want to go deeper, though. So you need to go in with praise. What does praise do? Praise is not about me. It's about him. It's about my vision being filled with him, who he is, what he's done. It's about being lost in him. And then my eyes are off me, my eyes are onto him. There's a sense of his presence and a sense of his glory, and I've drawn in. And we're not held back to the inner court. We can press right on in to the holy of holies. Love it. Where are you today? Are you in the temple? Or are you outside looking in? If you're in, which court are you in? Are you in the outer court? A lot of you, a bit of him. Are you in the inner court? Him. Are you into the holy of holies? But the thing is, the Almighty says, enter, which is astonishing. It's great. So let's turn to Psalm 103. I'm going to read it all the way through to start with and then going to unpack it. We've just been singing it. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is gracious, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, that far he's removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we're formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, And his kingdom rules over all. 
Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all the heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. It's a great psalm. It's wonderful. I want to unpack it a bit. And after this, we're going to have communion. Just telling you that, just to prepare you. So will you be prepared to receive something from God? You can get it through the word, and you can get it through communion. Will you be prepared to receive? Because he says, enter. He's saying to you today, enter. You might not think you're qualified. You might think you're disqualified. But he says, enter. So be prepared to receive from him. Let's take it from the top, Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. The word soul in Hebrew is nefesh. And it means, praise the Lord, living being that I am. I am alive, so I praise him. I am a person, I have a sense of who I am, I have a sense of identity, I've been given that by God, and all that I am, and all that I consider myself to be, praise him. I have desires. Some of them are God-given, maybe more of them than I realize. But I want all of my desires to praise him. I have passions which are God-given. I want all of my passion to praise him. God calls for a passionate people. You up for that? You up for being passionate? My son was playing football the other day. I love that game. I just love and go along and support him. I can yell. I don't know why other supporters don't yell. I get told off for yelling. Sam says, that's great. He says, it really hacks off the other side when you yell, Dad. It was a great match. It was, their, it was pretty much their final match of the league, and they, they, they drew with their nemesis, seven all. And that means that they are top of the league and they're going to be promoted. Fantastic. Passion! We can be passionate on a football field for 14-year-olds kicking a ball around. We can be passionate about God. Nefesh, it's my appetites. My soul is my appetite as well. What are my appetites? What are your appetites? Are you hungry? Are you thirsty for more of God? He blesses those who are hungry and thirsty for him. It's also my emotion. And yes, I'm English. I do have a great advantage in that I'm also Jewish, partially Romanian, partially South African, and a bit Scottish. (laughs) So I have no problem with emotion. It's fine. You English folks, I don't know. The Passion Version of the Bible puts it like this. Praise the Lord with my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being. I bow in wonder and love before you, the holy God. Okay, we're on to verse 2. This could be a long morning. (laughs) Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget not means remember. It means call to mind. If you're feeling like a pity party, 
call them to mind, one by one, one by one. God, I can breathe. God, I have my health. I have my health. God, I have so much. You've given me so much. Just call them to mind. Call them to mind. By the time you get to 20 or 30, you're not going to feel sorry for yourself anymore. Remember what he's done for you and actively engage with calling it to mind and giving thanks. What are you doing? You are coming to the temple. You are entering through the gate to the outer court with thanksgiving. You're on your journey. Don't stay where you are. Don't stay down. Get up. Call to mind the good things God has done. Praise the Lord who forgives all your sins. The Passion Version says, you kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. It's beautiful. Praise the Lord who heals all your diseases. Guys, what's a disease? It's whatever way in your life you're not at ease with yourself or with the Lord. It doesn't have to be a sickness. It can be. You might just feel low. Your circumstances might be tricky. You might not be comfortable financially. But he's the one who heals all your diseases. Let's unpack the word heal. It's rapha. It means to become fresh. Do you need refreshing? Do you need refreshing in your emotions? Do you need refreshing in your body? Do you need refreshing in your circumstances? He's the one who makes fresh everything in your life. Rapha means completely healed. It means purified. It means repaired. And it means to be taken care of. Do you feel right now that you need to be taken care of? Enter his gate with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Praise the Lord who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you, not with slime, but with love and compassion. How many of us have walked into pits? and had to be hoiked out. Don't smell so good after you've been in a pit. But he redeems our life. And listen, this is the very nub of what I want to say today. Richard led a prayer meeting this morning. He had no idea what I was going to preach on. And he spoke about this. Love and compassion are a translation of a Hebrew word called chesed, Do you know what that word means? Love and compassion are great, but it actually means something slightly different. It means covenant loyalty. Listen, God's love for you is not conditional on how you perform, how you behave, or how you feel. God's love for you is is not his feeling towards you because you feel it towards him. God is not a man. God's love to you is conditional on Christ's sacrifice on the cross. That blood sacrifice which he gave, which put Christ and God the Father in permanent covenant relationship. Unbreakable, eternal, permanent covenant relationship, not dependent on feelings. Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. You're in Christ if you've given your life to him. So when God looks at Jesus, he sees you. 
When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. It's unbreakable. It's eternal. Nothing can get in its way. So God's love for you is not just a warm glow that you somehow deserve because of your nice face. It's not that. It's so much deeper, richer, bigger than that. It's an unswerving, unbreakable commitment. His love and his faithfulness are not how he feels. They are the choice that he has made for all eternity because Christ gave his life on the cross as the ultimate once and for all blood sacrifice for you and me. God is faithful to Jesus. How could he not be? You are in Christ if you've given your life to Jesus. So God is faithful to you. How could he not be? It's not about your performance. It's not about your feeling. It's not even about his feelings. Sometimes you probably hack him off. (laughs) But he's faithful to you. Chesed, covenant loyalty. So when it says love and compassion, that's what it means. It's written in blood. God satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Amplified says the soaring eagles. You know, the spirit inside of you is ageless. It's as fresh today as it was the moment you were born again. You're born again when you give your life to Jesus. If you haven't done that yet, please do it. Best thing you could ever, ever, ever do because it lasts you for all eternity. So the spirit inside of you is fresh, it's young, it's vibrant. You know, when we worship and you get a sense of God's glory and God's presence around, doesn't it strike you that you're touching something which is fresher than spring? It's so, he's so young. He's so vital. He's so vibrant. Hey, and so are you. So are you. Don't just look in the mirror and look at flesh. Because he doesn't just look in the mirror and look, look at you and look at flesh. What he does is he sees you glorified because you're in Christ. My goodness me, if we had the half a notion of how God sees us, we wouldn't recognize ourselves. I tell you, and you wouldn't look at your neighbor in the same way. You wouldn't look at the person sitting next to you in the same way. You, your jaw would drop. <gasps> Amazing. Amazing who you are in Christ. Amazing who you're going to be in all eternity. Amazing. Soaring eagles. How do you get there? Yeah. <laughs> How do you get there? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And enter his courts with praise. Get your eyes off your flesh. Get your spirit soaring up there with him and he will raise you up. First thing you have to do is set out towards that temple and come. The message version says he renews your youth. Amen. Amen, we could do with that. Well, it's yours. It's yours. Verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Passion Version says you're a God who makes things right, giving justice to the defenseless. My God, we need that. 
I tell you, we need mercy more than justice, though. But we do need them both because they're you. They're who you are. Lord God, we need you. Has anybody seen the film Cold Mountain? No. It's um, set in the U.S. Civil War, just after the U.S. Civil War, and there's a refrain in this film that is lawless. It's just lawless and awful things are happening. And there's a refrain in this film where one of the characters within it, awful, stupid, violent things are happening, and she says, there's going to be a reckoning. She says it three times. There is going to be a reckoning. I tell you, folks, there is going to be a reckoning because love cannot just stand back and watch what is going on without engaging with it, without getting involved. If it stirs your heart to anger, what you see in the world, don't worry because anger can be turned to compassion. You can go two ways with anger. You can turn it to hatred. Don't do that. Or you can turn it to compassion. God has compassion on all that he's made. What's the difference between sympathy and compassion? Sympathy says this is terrible. This is awful. Terrible, ghastly, awful. It shakes its head and then it walks away. But compassion says, I'm going to do something about that. I'm getting engaged with that. God calls us to be his compassion on this earth to a hurting world, which is saying, there's got to be a reckoning. Yeah, there has. In the meantime, we're in a time of grace, thank God. So let me pour out grace to you. Let me be an instrument of grace to you. Because we all need mercy more than we need justice. Verse 7, he made his ways known to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. There it is again. The Lord is in covenant faithfulness to his people. Slow to anger. That's amazing. Abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. The Amplified says this, So great is his loving kindness towards those who fear and worship him with awe-filled respect and deepest reverence. We struggle a bit here because we don't have another word for fear. But what it means is honor and reverence and the deepest respect. And the word worship means literally, we've been doing this in the Freedom Course. We're on week 12, guys. We know you women are way behind because you haven't done this yet. So this is, this is a heads-up preview for you of the good things that are coming for you when you get round to it on your bit of the Freedom Course. Worship. While we're having our curry, you'll still be doing this. Worship (laughs) is to kiss the hand. Well, we're not talking about the French kissing of the hand here, you know. We're talking about incredible love and respect. The word Abba, Father, it has that same sense of great respect, 
great fondness, great love. It's all of those things together. And on the Freedom Course, it tells you, week 12, ladies, <laughs> it tells you commit yourself to unconditional worship. Never mind how you feel. Never mind your circumstances. Because you enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and you enter his courts with praise. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Listen to a Radio 4 program recently about a man who accidentally killed somebody on the road. And he, anybody else hear that program? It's very moving. Just an ordinary guy, could have been any one of us. He just ran him down, killed him. By accident, of course. And he talked to somebody else who'd done the same thing. And both of these guys, decades on, were heartbroken by what had happened. One of the men said, I'll have to live with this all my life. Another said, I couldn't forgive myself for this. I needed God's forgiveness. Neither had really received that forgiveness. They still carried the burden of it. But he says, as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions from us. If anybody here is still carrying a sense of shame for anything that you may have done which you think is huge or just stays with you, settle it today when you take communion. Settle it today. And let me just go further and provoke you further. If you're carrying a sense of shame today, when God your Father has forgiven you, you're saying to his son Jesus, what you did isn't enough. What you did was not enough for me. You need to do more. There is nothing more to be done. So if anybody here today is carrying a sense of shame, the enemy's put it on you, you're reminded of the thing you did, and you think, oh my. Then today, just celebrate when you take communion. Celebrate the fact that he has forgiven you, and the act of communion is receiving that forgiveness into yourself. It becomes you. The bread becomes you. They're inseparable. And let go of your shame and refuse ever to be given it again. Welcome back. Lovely to see you. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Perfect timing. Because the message version says, as parents feel for their children, so God feels for those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed. And I'm going to close on this. God knows how you are formed. That word know, and I've preached on this before, and I'm going to preach on it again, is yada, yoda probably pronounced. It isn't just God knows how you're formed. Oh, he knows you, Norton. He knows you're going to do that sort of thing. Oh, it's Norton. Bless him. This sort me out later as well. <laughs> the word yorda, which God says of you, I know you, is the same word about Adam knowing Eve. It is 
intimate. It is the most intimate knowledge that God has of you. He knows you through and through. He knew you before you came to this earth. Psalm 139. He's called you here for a purpose and he knows your weakness. He knows your frailty. He knows your dust. We read it in that psalm earlier. We're dust. We're like a flower. It's for a moment. In the natural, but in God you're eternal. And you're here for an eternal purpose. You're here to make a difference on this earth. And your God knows you and he knows your weaknesses. And that's why he says to you, listen, you're going to need to lift your head. Because if you just look in the mirror and look at yourself, if you look at your track record, if you just look at this world around you, yeah, there'll be a reckoning. Park that, folks. Don't don't hasten that day. Then you'll get discouraged. But he says this, if you feel like a breakdown, then your call is to break through. And how do you do it? By lifting your face, lifting your eyes, by heading towards that temple. Don't stay where you are. Head towards that temple. Know that he said to you, come. Anybody who's hungry and thirsty, come to me. Anybody, that's you. You are not disqualified. You are not disqualified by your need. You're not disqualified by your sin. God is holy. God is holy. And I tell you, if any of us were as holy as God, we would all be radiant here today. Love you guys, but I... You've got shiny faces, but I don't... I'm I'm not down on my face before you. And you're not down on your face before me. I am not disqualified. You are not disqualified. He says, keep coming. Keep coming for me. Keep coming for me. So we're going to take communion. And the one who knows you (laughs) and has compassion on you, and more than compassion on you, the one who says, I am totally committed to you. Forever. 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 That one, that one, will take communion. Feast off that one because there'll never be a day when you don't need him. There'll never be a day when you don't need... Thank you, Barbara. There'll never be a day when you don't need his grace. There'll never be a day when you don't need his mercy. You, your, your knowledge of your need for his grace and his mercy is the only qualification you need to come and feast from him. That's all you need. And in fact, if you haven't got that, you are temporarily disqualified until you get it. If you don't know you need him, I tell you, you do. We all do. We all do. I need mercy. I need forgiveness. I need hope. I need to know the one who knows me and who loves me and who gave himself for me and stands before the Father saying, This one's with me. This one's with me. This one's with me. And who stands in the face of Satan and says, this one's with me. Back off. I need him. I need him. So when you're feeling low, lift your face. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Praise the Lord.
Oh, my soul. What is your soul? It's all that you are, your passion, your desire, your sense of self. It's everything you've got, everything you've got. God's looking for passionate worshipers. This is a church that worships passionately. So we're going to sing another version of that song. Let's stand. And while we're doing that, please come forward and feast from him. Before you play that, just one thing I want to say. When you take the bread, take it for you and take another bit. Take that other bit and take it back to your chair. And when you've feasted, when you've received the mercy that you need, when you've received the grace that you need, pray for the one God's put on your heart with that bit of bread. Pray for that one that God has put on your heart. And as a statement of faith, take that bit of bread yourself and have it. And you're just saying to God, I'm trusting you for that one that you put on my heart. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.